0: listener production and basically we went from being an artist to yeah. a CEO overnight mm.
1: oh my and so god all so of crazy. a sudden
0: we had to manage like big contracts yep. um, you know with the, the block and had to get lawyers in to look over contracts and then just it was just crazy I think Accountant. about yeah get all of that on board mm-hmm. and then think about over time just now it's about being an entrepreneur a manager yeah director, CEO, everyone, still going to be the yeah, artist, going to be yeah. the creative, going to be the mother, yeah, going to be the course. sister, you know, there's so many roles, so you just wear so many hats.
2: Hey, welcome to the Lady Brains podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Judd and Anna McKenzie,
1: co-founders of Lady Brains, a digital and IRL club for female founders and founders to be. We're chasing down the most successful female entrepreneurs from around the globe. Not only to hear their life story, but to extract their knowledge and world class insights. If you're curious and ambitious, then Lady Brain, you are in the right place. Get ready for some hard hitting truths, a dose of inspo, and learnings you can apply right away. Strap in. How do you use creativity
2: and business as a vehicle to heal yourself and heal others? We're speaking to two proud First Nations women, the mother and daughter artist duo Lauren and Melissa, who have created the brand Mimi and Jinda. Lauren was a child of the stolen generation and continues to work through this trauma alongside her daughter using traditional painting and basket weaving. This allows her to express her Indigenous heritage and reconnect with country. Melissa realised an opportunity to share her mum's art with the world and encouraged her to turn her passion into a business. When an exciting opportunity came up to showcase their art on the block, the duo went from artists to CEOs overnight. We hope this episode makes you feel as proud as us about Australia's rich Indigenous culture and First
0: Nations history. So, gina nanundi bija melisaga. Hello, my name is Melissa and I'm a Gumbangia woman. I would like to acknowledge that we are meeting on Gumbangia Jagun homelands and to acknowledge our ancestors. I also want to take a moment to appreciate the deep connection we have as Gumbengia women with our Jagun. It's NAIDOC week this week and the theme is heal country and with that in mind, Mum would like to say a few words.
3: We are all interconnected. So respect Mimi Morale, Mother Earth, because the flora and fauna and all aspects of Mother Earth have an energy which connects to each other and sustains each other, including us. So let's respect our Mother Earth and heal together.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for opening the conversation like that. um, You're the first podcast guests that have prepared an intro for us, and it was just incredible to hear those words in your own language. So thank you for that.
0: Pleasure. (laughs)
2: Thank you so much for that. You are clearly two very proud um, First Nations women, and, you know, we're honoured to have you both on the podcast. You know, we're going to dive into the business. Um, Absolutely. We want to learn more about, you know, the artwork and what you've managed to create together as a mother-daughter duo. We wanted to, um, I guess, start by talking about your childhood and your background, Um, and we might start with you, Lauren. Can you take us back? What was it like growing up in uh, Indigenous Australia? Um, What was your
3: experience like? We um, lived in the bush and had lots of mob around. Um, We played in the bush every day. Uh, climbing trees on logs, playing at the beach in the rivers, um, making pictures with sticks or jumping over them, uh, painting our bodies with ochre and clay, um, just generally generally being bush
1: kids. Is that where your creativity started? I mean, sort of like drawing in the ground, mm. playing with sticks, creating... Um, you know, pictures. Is that where your creative creativity kind of spurred from? Yes, it did. Um, we also uh, listen to elders
3: tell us stories and singing. There's so many things in the bush that inspire you. You know, like from leaves to sticks to feathers to to whatever, and you can turn anything into a picture. And you can draw pictures in the sand and in the dirt. Yeah, I've always been creative, and I've always had a good imagination. And that's encouraged
1: as a child. And what about you, Melissa? Were you always creative when you were a kid? Yes, I was. Um,
0: I've always been creative. I did have suffer from quite a bit of um, self doubt, though. Um, just growing up with um, mum, um, because she was had a lot of trauma being a member of the stolen generation. So um, she actually had quite a lot of yeah, I guess self-doubt herself. um, And that kind of um, was passed on to us as well. So when it came to, yeah, being creative at school and stuff, I never really, I was kind of a bit too shy and didn't really put myself out there too much. But as I grew older into a a woman and had the support from mum along the way, that's where my confidence really grew. But um. Yeah, I've always really loved being creative and not only with painting and textural things but also with with words, songs and writing and things like that. And poetry. And poetry. <laughs> <laughs> and Melissa, is, this, is that something that you explored when you were
2: in school or were there other kind of pursuits that you had and that you went on to kind of study?
0: Yeah, so I was actually, because of what my mother and mum's 13 brothers and sisters had all experienced being taken I was really passionate about Indigenous justice and also as a collective for our mob and our people of what has happened obviously through colonisation I always just had that real fire within me to, um, for justice for our people. So, um, yeah, from a young age at school, I was studying legal studies and went on to study a Bachelor of Justice Studies, majoring in critical criminology with the hope to, yeah, support my people. And I worked, yeah, in Aboriginal affairs for over
1: 11 years um, before starting this brand. And Lauren, and please feel free to share as much or as little as you feel comfortable. How did that, you know, incredibly traumatic experience shape you as you were sort of growing up into your teens and in early adulthood?
3: Well, you had to adapt to a totally Mm, different way of life. I had plenty of love as a child. I was well loved and that carried me through all the trauma I had to face in an institution And I knew that I had to adapt to a mainstream society and that's what I instilled in my children, that we were not in traditional times anymore but also that we kept our feet in the past because that builds our spirit and we we still do that today, you know. I learnt dance and I paint and um, just just walking on country, all those Mm. things, keep me grounded and keep me strong. Otherwise, um, I'd be in a constant state of trauma Mm. if I didn't.
1: And so I guess in that way, the business for you both, was that a way for you to sort of really deeply connect with your traditional culture, your past, the practices, and did it start off as a bit of a, a healing process, I guess? for for you, Lauren. Yeah. Can you tell us
3: a bit about that? Definitely. I started years ago um, painting and just painting the stories up in Bunjalung and weaving and I learnt dance with some of the Stradbroke girls and I thought, you know, I have to continue this and I have to instil it in the children. And then um, I encouraged Melissa to paint because she was always an artistic child but didn't have a confidence mm. Mm. and then just went from there, just grew. And Melissa, has this been
2: a, a beautiful experience in terms of being able to kind of connect more deeply to your mother and her experience and heal that kind of intergenerational trauma that you spoke about earlier?
0: Yeah, it's been, what's been really beautiful about it is it's, we're not focusing on the, the trauma and I guess the atrocities of the past. It's about now celebrating our culture and focusing on the positives and helping to heal ourselves and pass on the beautiful culture that we're so passionate about. And um, just all of the little pearls of wisdom that mum's taught me and my nan's taught me and my family's
1: passed on through the generations. And Melissa, before um, we jumped on here, you shared a little story about your school, um, growing up and, and being in school and an experience that you had that was really challenging and has kind of impacted, impacted you later in life. Can you talk us through that story?
0: Yeah, the, the, the high school that I went to was not very supportive of children that were kind of, I guess, suffering at home and really struggling Mum being a single mum and raising three children and not having a lot of money in the bank you know it was there was a lot of struggles with that and also with the trauma that my mum was going through and so i think i acted out a lot in school and um, instead of you know supporting me i was punished a lot In school, always on detention and isolation. (laughs) (laughs) Naughty girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but um, and then when I was in year ten, um, the teacher just turned around and said to me, Melissa, why don't you just drop out of school and go and get a job? Mm -hmm. And I said, No way. Why would I want to do that? I'm going to go to university. And she and she looked at me like, as if that's ever (laughs) going to happen. Like she had no. So... Yeah, so years later, actually, when I finished my degree, I went back to my hometown because I went up to Brisbane and did university up there and I went back and I actually bumped into that school <laughs> Oh, my <Jeez>. god! <laughs> later, What, what did, did she you know? say? She said, oh, what are you doing with yourself these days, Melissa? Oh. You were like, well, <laughs> said, let you. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Well, let me tell you. She just nearly <laughs> fell over. She was gobsmacked. She Her mouth dropped. She said, I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, so I was, oh, that was a good feeling. Just,
1: yeah. yeah. Did that? comment at the time fuel you do you think that's where your determination and your just you know your resilience came from and your empathy yeah yeah
0: yeah well I think I always had really strong um resilience and um instilled in me from mum and nan and my matriarchs before me but just that definitely um drove me even further to achieve I just I was gobsmacked when she said it to me I thought yeah. How dare you say yeah. that to me? You know, I said, I actually said to her, I'm going to go on to uni and be, become a lawyer because <laughs> <laughs> I originally wanted to study law. Mm. I ended up doing justice studies, but yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, look, it's sometimes when someone tells you that you can't do something and they don't see that bright light in you and you know it's in there, that can sometimes be a bit of a motivator. But Definitely. I'm sure that that experience and what you have taken away from that and been able to share with others within your community has been priceless. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm. And so did you always want to start a business? I mean, you were obviously both creative, Melissa, you wanted to be a lawyer and then you studied um, criminology. But did you have that idea in your head that "Mm, one day maybe I'll start a business? Well, to be honest, for me, it was always a dream that I just never
0: thought would happen. I just couldn't mm-hmm. foresee running my own business just because of the struggles we had growing up. Um, it's hard to imagine when you haven't seen it around you within your family mm. environment or even in your friendship groups. I, I, I couldn't see how it was going to be possible, but I was always very driven. So I knew that I'd get there one day, but I just couldn't see how. So, um, but yeah, but it was just it was all, it all aligned really beautifully because the career that I took on, I learned so many skills along the way that has now supported me immensely in my, in this business. So it's organically fallen into place, luckily.
2: You're right. You know, often when you don't have a blueprint, it can be very difficult to be able to Mm. figure out what is my pathway, what's the next best step, especially when it comes to starting a business. Um, You know, you do need those people that have gone ahead before you and started businesses kind of in your network and in your circle. Mm. Um, What changed for you? Why did you then all of a sudden think, you know, I can do this, I can start my own business? Was there a moment that you can recall? So
0: it was actually more about supporting mum Mm. um, in the beginning, So, um, and it still is, but I just really wanted to see her, I guess, grow her confidence because she, like mum was saying before, she'd been doing cultural stuff and weaving and painting for... You know ever since before I was born so I grew up with mum literally paintings from floor to ceiling mm-hmm. like covered throughout the house with baskets everywhere <laughs> like fibres and it moved away from home and would come back and there'd be piles more paintings and she just never had any confidence to get out there and actually mm. like sell anything and um and so I guess when we were living together in Melbourne for a couple of years, she helped me with my raise my firstborn son. <clears throat> That's when I, a light bulb just came off. I thought, "Come on, Mum! Now that you're with me, let's you know get your artwork out into the world." So initially, it was about just supporting Mum getting a page on Instagram and, um, yeah, selling some of her artwork. But then, as it started to organically f- um, fall into place, and I realised, okay maybe this is possible. After having a market stall, mm-hmm. we started with a market stall. And then, uh, did we did really well. Uh, it did really well, we yeah. can believe I it. I have we're no like, doubt. Yeah, we're at the market going, where are Mimi and Jinder? <laughs> <laughs> and we sold some things. We had jewellery back then um, that we made ourselves as well. And then, yeah, we went on to have our first exhibition at my sister-in-law's cafe in Melbourne. And, yeah, it sold out on the first day. So that was a huge light bulb as well like Mm. wow okay um
1: it has legs our little Mm. business Lauren how did you feel when Melissa came to you and said let's sell some of this let's you know see if we can see if we can sell it like were you receptive to the idea
3: I probably hesitated in the first few moments and thought goodness me um but (laughs) then I thought you know this is good we can do it together yeah Mm -hmm. And it was fun setting it all up and that, and um, seeing them being being sold is—it's like, whoa! Okay, <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> Is there any more in the container, Liz?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Like, you've, mum, you've got to keep
0: producing.
2: You've, you've got, got to,
1: to keep going. Do we have any more stock? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Lauren, was the, were, do you remember um, it being like a steep learning curve for you? You know, you have obviously your daughter's seeing something beautiful in you and your artwork and this opportunity to create a business. Were there moments where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this or there's so many things that I have to learn in, in order to to successfully run this business?
3: Um, I've always played around with it in the background, you know, taking notice of which way you, you have to go, which route you would have to be on mm. in, in the business world. Um, but I think the trauma was the main thing because um, when you're constantly being triggered, you... Um, you go blankety blanks so mm-hmm. that's not easy to live with and Liz had a voice and she could express herself really well and we
0: made a good team so
3: we gave it a go mm. you know.
0: Well I was just going to mention that that how we actually started to get right into the business was we did a six month accelerator course with Indigenous Businesses Australia Um, and that was really extremely helpful for us um, because because like you said earlier we didn't really have the blueprint around we had no idea what we were doing so going and seeing other entrepreneurs other Indigenous entrepreneurs and the the trainers were so there was an Indigenous lady but also non-Indigenous but um Yeah, so that was an incredible experience just to to be in the same room as other mob on the same journey, Mm -hmm. basically, and just... Well, we became a family. It was a wonderful experience and we learnt so much within that six months. Mm-hmm. And during that process, mum kind of realised early on that she didn't want to be too involved in the business. <laughs> side, <but laughs> she's like, I'll leave it up to you, Lucy. Yeah.
3: Um, so long as I can go at my own pace. Yeah, Yeah. Yes. yeah
1: which
3: yeah. is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah that's an interesting point. Mm. I think, you know, we speak about this a lot, especially with co-founder relationships Um, how I guess the work is divided and how um, important it is to lean into your strengths. Mm. And Lauren, I guess, you know, you have the creative, um, uh, you know, artistry and the weaving and those sorts of skills and you love expressing yourself in that way. And Melissa, it sounds yes. like you're more of the sort of like business, like, you yeah. know, organised business sort of um, process person. Yeah, entrepreneur. I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll
3: interrupt you. I do have a business sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and she discusses things with me and I, and of I give her my input. Of course. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but she leaves most of the, you know, like the... The spiritual stuff and cultural stuff up to me mm. as well, but yeah, it's good. I, I will have an input. She'll say, "How about this or that," and I'll have a say. Yeah, mm, so I'm yeah.
0: like the driver, and Mum's a bit of that, like yeah. pro- the engine. <laughs> I have the wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> the, the wisdom. She holds a really important yeah. space for yes. us, yeah. and the beautiful energy and wisdom yeah. that she provides. I a- do
3: have an artistic flair. It's just innate in me from when I was little. It's just natural. Mm. And Melissa has that as well. Yeah. Mm.
2: That energy and that wisdom that you just speak of, um, was that critical in creating kind of the vision for the brand? Like were they the kind of values and that's is that what you wanted to bring to life Absolutely. through Mimi and Jinda? Yeah. Yeah.
3: We wanted to connect to our female ancestors as well, our matriarchy mm. and... Um, that's how it came about, just appreciating the land and walking the land and and going back to my childhood and passing down knowledge and wisdom from the ancestors.
0: But, yeah, that's innately within us that um, what you were just talking about and we really wanted to just get mm. that out into the world. And so, yeah, when creating the brand, the brand is really us
3: a lot of it is, uh, is based on the birthing caves mm, yeah. that's how it started tell us yep. more about yes. that
0: tell us more about that please so my great grandmother who's mum's nanny um, was a traditional midwife so um, she delivered many of the guri babies in the Nembaka Valley and mum's um, always told me many stories about her I've, did she meet me? I didn't meet I didn't get to meet her, but, um, yeah, she would have met me. I can't
3: remember. <laughs> I don't remember if you're a baby. You don't remember if you're a baby. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, you yeah. don't remember yeah. much yep. back there, yeah. No, I no. <laughs> oh, that's
1: hilarious. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so, um... Though her stories really inspired me because around the same time this was all birthing, I was also birthing my Mm, babies. Wow. So um, coming into, um, yeah, it was like mum's always described birth of a baby as like an initiation into womanhood and I definitely agree with that. And um, so transforming into a mother and then also, yeah, birthing the business. So yeah. Yeah, and then just being inspired by all the stories and the fact that, you know, Gran delivered all these babies and there's one story that Mum talks about where um, Nanny was giving birth at the camp and Mm. after... No, they're doing the washing. Yeah, sorry. You tell the story then, Mum.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They're Down at the river, we were all down there. We don't do too much washing. We play up and swim and get up to mischief but <laughs> nan and gran do the washing and then they just spread the clothes out on the rocks <clears throat> and mum just had to uh, go away for about an hour and gave birth to one of my brothers in the tent. In an hour? Then came back and finished. Oh,
1: my wow. God. The washing. Oh, she, washing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just came back and finished the washing <laughs> because she had 14 children. Oh, my gosh. So That's extreme. Wow.
1: <laughs> and so stories like that, how does that, how do those stories inspire, I guess, the business, the designs, the products, the creations mm-hmm. that you create within Mimi and Jinda? How, can you talk us through that inspiration and the creation process?
3: Well, we focus on nature and use a lot of pastels. Um, we're very connected to water and land. Um,
0: go on, Liz. Yeah, sorry. Um yeah, so I guess stories like that, um, it's that intrinsic resilience that runs through our veins as Aboriginal women, mm. um, you know, passing down through the generations and the matriarchy. We've always been, yeah, really strongly connected in that way and I guess its it comes out in the painting... It's hard to describe because it's such a process, but it's it's our spirit that comes out in the
3: in the paintings as well exactly it's um a real gentle energy,
0: yeah, connecting to our own spirit, to our ancestors, to our family, to our purpose to mother earth um while when we create the paintings, and you know I actually talk to what my you know uncles and aunties and nanny who who have all passed in spirit when I'm painting, and I'm just like. Mm who's up there today that wants to have a a turnip paint in this painting? (laughs) um, Come sit with me. Come sit with me and, yeah. If you have a fascination Mm. for
3: nature and you're connected to nature, you want to bring that creativity to life. You want to share that with others. Mm. And um, it also taps us back into our past. Mm. And we feel that we're sharing that knowledge and... And being role models for others, Alice. Eh,
0: yeah, I guess for me as well. Mum's always raised us to be um, extremely proud Aboriginal women. Mm. So, um, and we're proud of who we are, proud of our culture, and yeah, have always had that resilience instilled within us. And to co- connecting in with that energy, that's that source of energy, which is basically within all of us really Mm. yeah and um and then it comes out into the paintings like the core essence of who we are as human beings um and who the the earth as well mimi morale mother earth so it's that connection between yourself and the mother earth because mother earth is our great 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 grandmother Mm. really she's the mother of all of us so um then that's why the birthing caves are depicted in the paintings as well because Mm. we're birthed on the earth in these beautiful caves um, or, you know, under trees like in the earth traditionally and then we
1: belong to the earth and it just all ties in Mm. really beautifully. I get this real sense of, when you're speaking about that, this interconnectedness between us, the earth, your business, the stories, your spirit, purpose, mm, your spirit, energy. your um, ancestors, Definitely. this sense of everything is connected. Everything one. is Definitely.
0: interconnected. Mm. Everything is one. And I think yeah. that's a lot of our key messaging through the brand is that mm. we can we can all be aware and conscious of the fact that we're all interconnected mm. And we are all really one. Why do you think that we find ourselves separating from that,
3: that, that oneness? Because we live in a capitalist society, which is based on money <laughs> and gain. And whereas traditionally it is about um, the spirit of everything and just everything affects everything else, you know. Mm -hmm. How, like, they tell you the story about how the roots are all connected and how they'll feed another root if it's if that plant or tree is feeling weak. And it's a different world for us, like that. It's based on love and based on spirit.
2: Lauren, you go out to country and you collect. you know, you've, uh, different materials to weave and, and obviously you source inspiration out there. Mm. What's that? Can you talk us through, can you take us out there while you're, um, you know, foraging and looking for these new sources of inspiration for your artwork? What's that process like?
3: Well, firstly, I tell the land I'm there. I may not call it out. Most people call it out loud, but it depends on who's around, but I, I will speak to the land quietly and let them know it's me and I'm around. And when I source the plant, I'll make sure it's healthy and ask the plant permission to um, harvest it and um, then treat it with respect, Mm. sit down there and prepare the thing and um, the leaf, whatever whatever it is that I've chosen for that day. And, um, you know, just be in a state of appreciation and looking at it and think now what can I turn this beautiful thing into you know, a bag or a basket or a a wall hanging or you know can I share it with someone else just lots of things go through my mind
1: You said before this idea around sharing giving back, being really intentional and I know that The brand gives back with every purchase, I believe.
0: Yes. Can you talk us
1: through that? And and did the reason for you doing that come from these kind of core values of helping people, I guess, Mm -hmm. and giving back to the community?
0: Yeah. So that's obviously been something like I was touching on before. I've always been really passionate about giving back and supporting uh, my people, um, and same with mum as well. And, um, anything we do, we want to be able to share that. Like traditionally, Gumbangia people are known as the sharing people and I really think that's intrinsically instilled within us deeply because mum and I are just so giving and um, sharing just naturally. Um, I just laugh because we're too nice sometimes. (laughs) That's why I had a little giggle. Um, And, um, yeah, we just... It's just really, really important to, to give back to community mm. and um, to share in your success, I feel. like yeah. um, So we, um, we donate $5 from every sale to a, a Indigenous project or organisation that we're feeling passionate about that month. So every month it changes, but some months we might think, oh, we haven't quite raised enough, we'll do it a second month. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month we're actually raising money for um, my cousin Lizzie, um, she's actually a sister. so in in our culture, our first cousins are our sisters mm-hmm. and brothers. so she's a sister, big sister. Mm-hmm. and she's raising money to buy a bus so that um, for the families who are affected by deaths in custody, um, mm. it's yeah, so they, it's really hard when someone's passed and they can't afford to get to um, the court dates and she and supports them. families and she's in court. Yeah, so Lizzie's a big activist Mm -hmm. down in Sydney, so she's um, Mm -hmm. at the moment, um, yeah, raising money for a bus. Um, Yeah, but that's just this month's and, and yeah, you can have a look on our website for previous Mm. months. But that's something we're really passionate about and um, also um, starting a bit of a mentor program where... Mm -hmm. um, At the moment, I'm supporting my, another big sister, Mm -hmm. (laughs) cousin, big sister. Mm -hmm. She's also an artist like us and Mm. she's, um, what were you going to say, Mom? Oh, many cousins. <laughs> oh, yeah, lots of cousins. <laughs> how cousins. many cousins? <laughs> oh, my God, if I help everyone, I'll it'll be... will t- <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> be run out of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not- yeah, exactly. Yeah. But she's extremely talented, um, but she just doesn't have um a lot of the, yeah, blueprint stuff as well, mm. doesn't really know where to go, what to do, how to start. And I just mm. I love the fact, because when I started, I knew nothing and I would have loved someone to, you know, put their hand out and give me a hand in any way. So I'd, mm. I'd love to give that back and be able to help her with anything on her journey like setting up her instagram facebook like knowing who to contact legal contracts all that stuff helping promote her um so i want to open up that position once a year for to take on a mentor um i'm sorry a mentee yeah yeah. and um that's something else we're working towards, being able to do that.
3: And we were really appreciative of um, being able to do the IBA course too. Yeah, of Mm. course. Yeah, Yeah.
0: very supportive. Yeah, that's really, really helped us along the way. And something, obviously, because we're really, um, yeah, passionate about Mm. the birthing caves in in all of our paintings and, you know, the matriarchy side of things. So, and uh, when it comes to women in... um, Birth thing in the mainstream system, there's not enough support for Aboriginal women. Um, sadly, there's ha- not many Indigenous um, midwives, and when you go to a lot of hospitals, there's not really anything there to support. Well, there are at some hospitals, at some, there's not really, you don't feel culturally safe in those places. So it was really important to me to donate some of my Birthing Caves artworks to the local hospital, and um, that's another. Um, yeah, initiative that I want to continue to do um, to provide some more artworks to mm. other hospitals around the country so that, you know, when Aboriginal women go in, they can feel culturally safe and just connected mm. And, mm. and reminded that, you know, that they're supported mm. in their Also, in their I, I worked mean? on a big weaving project for mm. a local hospital
3: and I taught my niece, who Melissa's working with now, how to weave. And she was involved in, in that project as well. Yeah, that was really so special. So they're big sculptures that we did through salt saltwater, fresh water.
1: How amazing. Um, and can I ask, in terms of, I guess, giving back and supporting through donating artwork or or, um, or money or in whatever form it might be, has it ever been a challenge in terms of balancing that with, I guess, cash and cash flow? I think the reason I ask this question is a lot of women in our community Want to give back, want to be more um, sustainable in everything that they do, but it's a real tension point for a lot of small businesses um, because often there's a cost associated with that. Have you found that tension in your business, or has that not been something that you, um, I guess, have struggled with?
3: It's a well 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 run business, mm. and you have <laughs> and we have staff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but what about in the beginning? No, I mean, So
0: in you know. the beginning, um, I guess it was just a, a matter of giving a bit smaller. In, yeah. the, in the early days, like when Mob would contact me and they didn't have enough money, like I'd just give away a free smaller print or I'd give away whatever I could afford at the time because we were trying to build a business and if you give away too much, then mm-hmm. you're going to go down here totally. really. Right. So the bigger yeah. we get, the more that we're able to give. And so I haven't really found that tension or... I guess the only tension would be like I just love to give much more <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I have course. to be conscious of that. i just going to be conscious of like being careful. It is a
3: business and that, you have to stay in that mode.
0: Of yeah, course, right?
3: yeah. And work it out in such a way that it benefits you and others.
0: Yeah, because otherwise if you're not, yeah, you've got to keep the mm. boat floating.
2: Yeah, then. I was just thinking, I mean, it's so incredible, right? You have both been able to create this business that is acting as a vehicle to be able Mm. to give back um and to contribute and create kind of social and systemic change that is so required in our country Mm. how does that make you feel when you go to bed at night like that must you know I'm so proud of you you must be so proud of yourselves thank you
0: Yeah. yeah it's an amazing feeling um And we just hope to, yeah, keep building and building and getting to a point where we can make big change Mm. and be able to, you know, run national projects where we can help, you know, a large amount of people.
3: Not only is it tapping into the past and featuring all that knowledge, the wisdom from the past, but also um, we're role models and guides Mm. for the younger generation, including, you know, my grandchildren and other children out there and showing them that it can be done
0: mm. and to have a go. And for an example, um, with our Adairs collaboration, I'm not sure if you... Yeah, let's dive that. Oh, into yeah. that. We, we want to <laughs> talk about Adairs. <laughs> yeah. and we want to talk yeah. about the block as well. Yeah, sure. So, well, with the Adairs, um, I guess just creating that platform for other Aboriginal artists to now, you know, collaborate with Adairs, that is an absolute honour And we wanted
3: us. quality products. Yeah. So that was a must.
1: Can you tell us sort of from from the beginning how that partnership came about and how did you decide that they were the right people to, to work with?
0: Yeah, so we've always been very discerning in terms of who we're going to collaborate with. We put a lot of thought into it and it's also that the mm. connection as well, mm. um, I guess, going with your gut. Um, And And
3: respect if they work, you know. They understand where you're coming from.
0: Well, yeah, definitely important, really important that they actually um, are interested in the collaboration for the right reasons um, and not just wanting to kind of tick a box, um, that they're good people and that they actually have an interest in... um, We had to say all all along the way, hey, you know, they were Mm. really
3: respectful. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so um, just... With Adairs, I guess, um, because they are an Australian brand and they have really high-quality products and their staff were um, very respectful and um, along the way we felt very heard and understood and everything that we wanted was very valued and important. Mm. So that was really important to us. We wouldn't have just kind of gone into an agreement where we were just shunned out of the way. Um, We needed to be heard and we wanted our stories to be portrayed and out into the world on a um, national platform. Mm. Um, and it's just been incredible. Has it? <laughs> oh, my God. It's the best feeling. Just people are de- still um, sending us DMs um, daily, just thanking us for the beautiful bed sheets that they're mm. lying on and the colours and the stories and the connection. and um, But just, you know, making that mark for Indigenous Australia that... You know, Adairs We're the first ones to collaborate with Adairs and create that platform for other artists now. So they'll be doing a collaboration with a, another artist, I think this year or maybe next year. Um,
1: yeah. And what were some of the things that you wanted from that partnership? Like, what were the what were the important um, yeah, the important things that you needed for that partnership to go ahead?
0: one of the things was definitely um, about giving back. So mm-hmm. we arranged that um, some of the proceeds would be going to a local um, Indigenous organisational project locally to us. So that's one of the things we wanted to organise, which we did. And also I guess them just really respecting and honouring our work and the stories and our culture and listening to us and um yeah, for us to have a voice and be heard throughout the whole process was really important and it was definitely well received.
3: And how it was portrayed.
1: Yes. <coughs> and um, quality products. Mm. What do you mean by how it was portrayed, <coughs> Lauren? So it's not
3: just tacky looking. Yeah. They they did a great job. Mm. Even if it's a bedspread or a sheet. They um quality. took some of the patterns and just portrayed it in such a way that it was believable artwork Mm. and people could enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, it was a beautiful collaboration. And you can definitely see there's such a strong
2: desire to be able to kind of understand and interact with this beautiful Indigenous artwork that isn't out there. So, you know, Mm. it's amazing that you've opened up that door Mm. now to other artists, Indigenous artists that can... Showcase their work um, on a you know in a, in a, on a greater platform.
0: Yeah, mm. and something I love about it is like growing up, there was nothing out there mm. that was you couldn't go into a store and buy um, an indigenous swaddle mm. or um, you know some like bedding or I can't mm. I can't think of anything where I would have seen that growing up. And so um, when mothers, Aboriginal mothers, send me pictures of their babies wrapped up in beautiful Aboriginal artwork and they're so proud and they've got their nursery set up and they've got the bed sheets on there and they're just, it is such a beautiful feeling to know that we we can, you know, help provide that because I would have loved it myself. Mm. And, and, that and it helps them to feel proud. And, and
3: like I said, our essence goes into it as well. So it has a real gentle energy that mm-hmm. people appreciate.
2: Mm. Those um, artworks that you donated to the hospital, I saw those and they're just absolutely stunning. I mean, you know, putting those in a space where, as you said, you know, these women don't have or it it, it doesn't feel like a safe space for them to be out of birth. Those artworks will just provide that sense of um, calmness, won't it? Mm. It's Mm,
0: a sense of connection that Mm. you're safe, you Mm. feel culturally safe, that people in the room understand who you are and your connection mm. to this land, mm. and you're Indigenous.
3: You're proud to be Indigenous, and you're not ashamed of it. Mm.
0: Yeah,
2: well said. Tell us about the block experience as well, because I know I imagine. Well, I imagine that was a turning point for you um, when they wanted to pop your artwork in one of the one of the houses. No big deal. <laughs> tell, us, tell us
1: about that. What was that like? oh my are gosh you, are you for freaking real <laughs> did you get an email in your inbox and were you just like mm, is this fake what's going yeah on? What's going on here? we were
0: ecstatic we couldn't believe it well at first it was um they asked us to commission a piece and we thought it was just going to be you know a smaller picture smaller painting so we're like oh we can do this and then um they said to us oh by the way, we need the painting to be 1.8 metres by 2.5 metres. And we both nearly fell over. Oh, my God. How are we going to paint a painting that big? They go, oh, by the way, you got four days to
1: do it. What? Like, oh, I was just about I'm to so ask, so no. how long would that usually take you, a oh, painting of that months. size? Months. months. And you had four days. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Nothing like a tight timeline. Wow. It was
0: insane. And actually, family members, um, my brother-in-law was like, um, I think, maybe you should just not do this one. And maybe maybe say just, no. Yeah, just <laughs> say no and maybe it'll come up next year or something like that. And I was like, no. no, hell, will, no hell no. I mean, yeah, this wagon. is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, we just went back to the house um, and pulled everything out of the lounge room. So the couches, TV, everything oh So it was empty yep. and then laid the canvas down because we had to go and buy a huge roll of canvas, laid it down, it took up the entire lounge room <laughs> and we painted on the floor for, Non-stop. yeah, it was about at least 10 hours a day. Wow. Four, four days straight and then I had to go to the framers and get stretched and framed and yeah and then the delivery day was delivery day was like so incredibly nervous because they hadn't seen it mm. so Deb and Andy the contestants hadn't seen it and we'd just gone through all of that and painted
1: it all and it was like are they gonna like it <laughs> was it and an open brief did they just say paint whatever you want or was well, there a brief well they'd seen it a previous
0: painting that um, we'd done, it was a smaller version, and they said, Oh, we love that style. Can you just do that, but maybe a different colour or different, mm-hmm. you know, f- these colours? And so um, we had an idea of the style they, that, that they liked. Um, but, yeah, and so when we arrived, um, yeah, the camera crew were already rolling and, um, yeah, they came in and their mouths just dropped. They were wow. just blown away. They were so happy. I think Deb almost Oh, really they're cried. such a lovely couple, mm, Deb and Andy. They're yeah. so beautiful, <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. an amazing yeah. feeling um, that they loved it and that was just completely Catapult. What's the word? Catapulted. Our um, yeah. business got us out there. Yeah. So wow.
1: tell us but, what the impact was. What actually did you see happen in terms of? I guess yeah, your business, what, sales, follower sales, growth, all like, that, all of it.
3: Celebrity overnight.
1: <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh we're talking oh. to celebrities. Oh yeah, it's the whole uh, overnight success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is, yeah. we yeah. definitely don't believe in yeah. that.
0: No, no. <laughs> no way. way. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so oh well it was just crazy. Um as soon as it hit TV, um we couldn't believe the episode. It was it got so much exposure, so many, so many shots um, throughout the episode. So um, our Instagram just started going, ticking right up, and then. Um, Yeah. And then I think we'd had our website built and everything was Mm -hmm. ready, all all ready to go. And oh, that's right. They sold them through the block shop as well. So they had some prints available of it. So that went really well. The sales started coming through and honestly, they're still selling because it's just so popular, that, that particular Print. Um, and yeah, we have other prints available but that one's so popular. People will just connect with it. I think mm. it's just, it holds all of that beautiful energy that, mm. you know, we yeah. wanted to instil in the business. It's in that painting. Mm. <laughs> it's
1: just opportunities just kept coming from then on in. What were some of the challenges of experiencing that crazy growth, you know, overnight? Did, did, did Were there any struggles like that you had with that?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just have to keep up with it all. And we got to a point where I was saying to Liz, Liz, you can't do this all on your own, you know. We need to um, delegate, get staff, we need to... Become more business like, yeah,
0: yeah. And basically, we went from being an artist to a CEO overnight. Mm. Oh my god, all of a sudden, we had Mm. to manage like big contracts, um, you know, with the with the um, the block, um, and had to get lawyers in to look over contracts. And Mm. then just it was just crazy. I think about, yeah, Mm. get all of that on board Mm, and then think about uh, over time just well we've got um nearly 10 staff now so uh, now it's about being an entrepreneur a manager a director CEO only one still gonna be the artist gonna be the creative of course gonna be the mother gonna be the sister
1: you know there's so many roles so you just wear so many hats yeah how did your mindset have to change after that point Because going from an artist to a CEO, you know, running a business that is growing quickly, having to hire staff, did you have to change the way that you thought about the business and your role in it? Oh, absolutely. Definitely,
3: and the IBA helped Mm. a lot with that.
1: Yeah, so going through that
0: course really helped Mm. shift our mindset into Mm. business mode, Um, but also just, yeah, overnight with that success as well, um, we just had to start thinking in
1: the CEO mode like what were some of the, diff- the changes that you had to make in terms of like, I don't know, how you thought about things or how you made decisions maybe? maybe?
3: Well, you started a, a small business in your own home, hey, Liz? Mm. Yes. And then you had to expand and move it to sh- now sheds mm. um, and go at a pace <laughs> that wasn't too crazy, um, not do too many things at once
0: yeah so yeah. I guess it was just like you couldn't just relax and be the creative. Yeah. One. <laughs> it was like I you can't. were on twenty four seven and it was business mode business mode um and it was quite a challenge, um because I had a young child at the yeah. time, and mm-hmm. um it wasn't really what I set out for that quickly, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was a bit unprepared, but um I just yeah sometimes you just made it work yeah you've got to like just dive in and just dive in and I guess you just have to like research things Mm. so different so many different things you like for example we went from being a sole trader to a company within 12 months of the Mm. business and so that in itself was a huge learning Mm. learning all about accounting um about um you know a sole trader business and the difference between having a company and a business and everything that that entails. I mean, that's a university degree on its own, yeah. <laughs> understanding yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so much you need to learn really quickly. So, you just got to be on the ball with it. Um, talk to mentors mm. and talk to other people in the business. Um, my mentors
1: were a huge help for me yeah. and still are to this day. Do you find the balance between working on the business and having the space to be creative a difficult one it's something that Caitlin and I talk about all the time because it's when you're sort of growing quickly it's easy to get caught in the having to like do you know do the operate the business and Mm. sometimes it's easy to kind of you know sway one direction or the other did you find that um did that happen for you
3: it can become like a factory yeah yeah (laughs) exactly yeah but Melissa you've got um, prints that you sell a lot of, hey, and you've got the originals. You um, have your time where you <coughs> you go out in nature or stay at home mm. and enjoy the process of painting. Mm. And I come in and do commissions, right? At, at different times, it depends on my health. Mm-hmm. Um, so we yeah. managed to find a balance, eh?
0: Hey? Yeah. So it's mm. just it really comes down to to. A balance and time management time management's major factor in it mm-hmm. um, and priorities as well mm-hmm. prioritising yeah. um, that I guess giving yourself that space blocking out that space to be able to connect in with nature, connect in with yourself, with your essence with your energy, having no one else around, mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe listening to some music or a podcast to, to inspire you and um you know, maybe to learn some language or whatever mm. it might be, talking to an elder, an auntie, or and just get you back into that
3: zone. And get mum to mind the children so you can go out on a romantic date. <laughs> <Ooh>. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see. Oh good, good Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you yeah, gotta
0: yeah. have a balance. You so gotta I'm have a balance. <laughs> we we were talking about
2: that. We actually we were talking about um, on our Instagram recently how we encourage our early stage founders to oh. Well, any founder, to be honest, to go and get a hobby. Because yeah, it yes, just definitely. it allows your brain to yeah. have a rest and it and it fuels that creativity and totally. you can get into that state of flow and we all
0: need that we all yes. need to step so away we're doing from that the business at
3: the moment with pottery, Hayley. Oh, yeah, are
0: you I love yeah. that. That's a great awesome. hobby. Yeah. So we've started yeah. ceramics and we're bringing it into the business. So we're going to have some beautiful ceramics available soon. But that really helps. Um, just have a play. Yeah. yeah. Getting your hands oh my God, into yeah. something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but a big thing is just literally walking in Mother Nature, like mm. going for a big walk through the bush. Mm. We live right in the bush in the backyard and the beach not far. So mm. just doing important. that, it really helps you connect back into that flow and then you can come back into the studio and do a you know, beautiful painting. Um, taking that you know, founder hat off and putting the artist hat back on, just being conscious of giving yourself the time for that energy to come through. Love also, we that. get
3: we get a little bit involved in um, environmental stuff as well. Mm. Mm. In what way? Well, all our totems are, have been burnt by the fires and mm. and um, logged. So we we have a voice. We're not right out there on the front line, but you know, from coming from a cultural point of view, we don't want to see any of our creatures extinct. get depleted or become extinct. Mm. Mm. Oh.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. So we've got a couple of um, final questions. So we wanted to start with Melissa. I'd love to know what are you most proud of your mum achieving in your business or in life in general?
0: Definitely building her confidence. The fact that she's in this interview today, speaking really beautifully, that's a major, major thing I'm proud about because mum, yeah, growing up, she was very shy and timid and would just, go completely quiet in any type of um you know interview like this so this is amazing and also um yeah just the whole process of being in this business together it's been really beautiful to see um um, growing and evolving in the business side of things as well she's got pearls of wisdom that are Mm. always just coming into the business and supporting supporting us
1: and what about you lauren same question what are you most proud of melissa for well,
3: I, I admire Melissa's energy and her foresight. <coughs> um, she's very dedicated, um, works hard. Um, she's a terrific role model for young young women, and she just um, stays connected all the time with everything that she does. So, it's not ego based; it's genuine.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh my God! That was
3: amazing
2: <laughs> um, so oh, lovely That was lovely. um what's been the biggest lesson that both of you have learnt throughout this
3: journey together that you know anything's possible, I guess you know just find your passion and stay with it. Mm. It's not hard work then.
1: love that. What about you, Melissa?
0: Yeah, definitely that anything's possible, and everybody out there um, that's thinking of starting something should just give it a go because, you know, anything's possible. And also, um, how incredibly important it is to balance. Balance is key when it comes to yes. work life balance and your spirituality and yourself mm-hmm. and your culture and everything. Just having mm-hmm. that beautiful balance really will make life a lot easier and the business will grow. And you will succeed if you can keep in flow and in
1: balance.
3: Hmm.
1: Love that. Love that. It's probably a good ask? place to end yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so, so, Thank so much. much. Thank you so um, much. Thank you It's
0: been fun. We, we been hope fun. you enjoyed yeah. the
1: process.
0: We've loved speaking to you. Yadda yadang. Yeah, Yada That means yadda um, yadda see yadda. you later in Goombangia.
1: Here are some of our top takeouts from that chat. Firstly, if you own a business or you're thinking of starting a business, you have a really exciting opportunity to use that for good. Business is such an important vehicle for change and your impact, no matter how small you might think it is, can really make a difference. Secondly, give yourself the time and the space to reconnect with nature and yourself. It's really, really easy to let your business take up every spare second of your life. Trust us, we know that feeling. Where are you feeling disconnected right now? And what other domains of your life need attention? And lastly, if you're questioning yourself right now and whether you can really create the business you're envisioning, firstly, that's totally normal, so cut yourself some slack, but take this story as a sign that anything truly is possible. These two incredible women have had some real challenges and adversity in their life, and look what they've created and what they've been able to achieve. It's pretty amazing. That's it for now. Come and join us over on Instagram. Our handle is lady.brains. We have a lot of behind the scenes content over there. You can see in the studio, behind the scenes content from our guests, including this episode. So come and join us. We'd love to have you. Lady Brains is produced
2: by Beth Gibson. Audio production by Nicholas Sitch.
1: Listener.